Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Welcome to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa and this is my co-host. Wendy! And we are here in the garage of a screenwriter. <laughs> it's true. This is guerrilla podcasting, <laughs> really folks. Is. We're looking we're looking at his uh, gaming miniatures in all of their disarray. That is a really remarkable setup over there. Anyway, um, and we are here with Jerry Bellich. Hi! Who is the f- most fabulous person who has ever created a thing called Choosetron. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I am of all the people that have created Choosetrons, the most fabulous. Uh, dear listeners, the Choosetron is a—it's uh, not a video game system, but it's an electronic game system that does choose your own adventure uh, thingies, and it's—it's uh, it's been all the rage lately. And uh, Jerry and I have also made short films together and stuff. And he is here with us at Fantastic Fest. Yes, he is. He's he's part of the Fantastic Arcade, uh, where all the video game designers come in and put their stuff oh in my god to people play with. i went and played because you end up at fantastic fest with generally you end up with at least an hour between films which is great because you have time to like go talk to people about what you saw and what they saw and get a drink and be social or in my case go into the fantastic fest arcade and play a couple of games so i did play russian roulette <laughs> and that was very fun. I did lose, so you're talking to a dead woman. And then I played this amazing game called Eye of the Pyramid, where you just keep pressing a button until it lights up and makes you happy. <laughs> I mean, that's really all it was. I've got a video of Jerry winning. I won first. I want to make that clear. I did win first. I do have a video very of Jerry winning that, that maybe if we can figure out the tech, like we'll get that shared up. This sounds very Pavlovian. It is. It actually is. Oh, it's. It, in fact, that is the whole purpose of the game. It, it seriously is. It's. It's really awesome. wonderful because it captures it perfectly. You know exactly what it's trying to do to you, and you let it do it. Mm-hmm. You're. I'm standing there with a drink in my hand. I'm like, I'm just gonna press it one more time. Just one. I can stop anytime I want. One more time. Just one more time, please. One more time. Come on. One more time. I actually hit someone because they tried pressing it. Oh, I know, right? I'm the one who's been putting in the time pressing the button. You don't get the rewards. I do. (laughs) So, uh, oh my God, people. Fantastic Fest is amazing. Uh, I want to make a note. We are going to start trying to podcast... At the end of the night, while actually at Fantastic Fest, which means we might be podcasting in Melissa's car. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the sound quality is going to get very funky, and our levels of exhaustion and inebriation and focus are going to be wildly out of sync as well. So, you know, come along for the ride. So, Melissa, what did you see yesterday? Well, let's see. I started out... Oh, God, that was like a million years ago. Uh, oui. No, we, we saw the first movie together. We saw L'Affaire SK-1. 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 And uh, that was very good. It was this yeah. great French crime procedural about the first 
serial killer ever tracked via DNA in France. Um, it, it wasn't um, it wasn't flashy at all. It was it was very kind of straightforward uh, crime drama. The the nice thing is, uh, well, there were a couple of really nice things about it. There, it had kind of this dual timeline thing going where it's following both the investigation and the trial at the same time. And that was nice. And it also really played coy with, are they chasing the right guy? Do they have the right guy? Yeah, there we were don't know. so many variables at play that, that they were bringing up as clues that the person that they introduced right at the beginning of the film, you're like, wait, is this or is this not the guy did they catch the wrong guy are they are they prosecuting the wrong guy Mm -hmm. and it does mean that you're in this unique situation in a serial killer movie where the the main suspect you have sympathy for Mm -hmm. because you're not entirely sure whether or not he's the guy and it it it's a it's a more challenging piece because of that Mm -hmm. and i really liked how it was very um, it really delved into how much it eats at investigators when a case goes unsolved for a very long time. Because yeah. this was years. Yeah, this was a decade-long investigation. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought it was a 70s film based on kind of the look, feel, and clothes. No, it was 1990s. But it was France. So, you know, they 1990s France still yeah, is as they, stylish as the 70s. They apparently. still didn't have computers. So, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah, like there's a scene where they bring in the, the most clunky computer ever. <laughs> we uh, have a computer now. Uh, so, Jerry, what did you see in the first slot? Uh, I saw The Assassin. Oh, I heard that was pretty. Yeah. Um, since you're better at remembering specific details, do you know... Some of the background of the movie at all? Not or? a whole lot. Um, usually when I go to Fantastic Fest, I fly pretty blind. <laughs> it's like, put something in my eyeballs and I'll know if I love it. Yeah, it is, it is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it looked a lot like uh, uh, House, of a, House of Flying Daggers in terms of like, it's an Asian film, listeners. Yes. And... And it looked moody and beautiful. Yeah, it's and and it's period uh, for whatever period the you know it's occurring in, <laughs> which is very helpful, uh, but absolutely gorgeous. And it's but it's not gorgeous stylized. It's just incredible shots. Yeah, like very planned out. You can tell that. Uh, the, the people that shot this knew the terrain. They mm-hmm. knew where they were going to be. They knew the weather, and they they really understood like the the light and and just all the different factors in, in composing these just incredible pictures. So that that was uh, definitely my favorite part of it. Um, and it's a very quiet movie. Like mm-hmm. it it's it's got a a, a nice consistent uh, kind of rate to it, but it uh, doesn't have a lot of music except if it's actually occurring inside of the scenes. Um, but it, it just really pulls you into that atmosphere. Although the one thing I'll say is at the very end, it does like during, as the credits begin, Mm -hmm. uh, it does start a song and the song was really catchy. (laughs) So I stayed for the credits if only because I really enjoyed the credit music as well, but great fight scenes that blended very, very well into the rest of it. So I, I, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. And then, okay. We had three rounds yesterday. They're called rounds. Yep. Listeners. A round of movies as yeah. they play five different movies in multiple screens because 
That was one thing I discovered yesterday that like Jerry and I were both seeing in the third round the same film, but no, not in the same theater. Yeah. No. Yeah, the thing that they've been doing lately is now that they have more theaters in that particular location is that they have high dem- demand for something and they were able to, they'll run it in multiple theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I do not envy Kristen Bell trying to coordinate oh, all that stuff. She's the um, programmer and uh, main person of Fantastic Fest. Yes. So round two, Melissa ended up in... I ended up in uh, The Keeping Room. Which opens today, listeners. Uh, it, so if you are outside of Fantastic Fest, you can actually go find this and watch it. it. Oh my god, it's so good! Okay, so The Keeping Room is a uh, Civil War story. Um, it's about three women who are living in the South. The, the men have gone off to war and died, and they're basically living in this <laughs> decrepit old house in Georgia, Texas, somewhere. And uh, the Union Scouts are starting to come through, and the two that happen to come through are awful people. They they're they're ripping and killing, and uh, basically terrorizing all the people around them, which are there are many of them. So these three women uh, basically wind up um, kind of uh, grabbing a couple guns and hiding out in their house, fending off these two men. And it's um, it's really this kind of indictment about how women were treated and brought up in the South. Like, you know, the, you were brought up to, well, in one case, one woman was a slave and the other two were, you know, just Southern bells. So they were brought up to be the wife material and not, you know shooting guys coming into their land nothing useful or helpful yeah yeah so it's it's this really tense well-acted well-written fascinating movie super good mike salters on the drive home was like they should put this up for oscar consideration yes for best supporting and for script yeah Oh my god, the uh, it, it's good. It's so good. It's so good. I, I really am excited. I hope I get to see it. However, mm-hmm. what I got to see in the second round was so fantastic. <laughs> okay, Get I used got to, to that word. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Ooh. I saw a legitimate disaster movie. Right. This would play in America. Now, it is not over the top ridiculous like 2012, but this is uh, this is your full on. God, has there been a not ridiculous disaster film recently? Like, but this is something like The Towering Inferno or something Mm -hmm. like that, like much more played for serious drama like they used to back in the 70s when the disaster drama first came out. It's called The Wave. It is Norwegian. And the premise of the film is that you should fear the fjords. <laughs> if, if you're, fear the fjord. Fear the fjord. I feel like that should be like on the poster. Fear the fjord. Apparently, and this is really a thing, those cliffs are so steep and so perpendicular that it is not common, but it it has happened repeatedly in their history, that the sides of the cliff will shear away as one as rock does over time, mm-hmm. and a huge massive avalanche or rock slide will occur into the water. Well, once you put that much rock in the water what's the natural result a tsunami wave coming at you Mm -hmm. and so it plays it's all the beats of a disaster film that you're expecting but it's really well done Mm -hmm. and it's heartfelt it's not played over the top it's got melodrama it's of course 
focusing around a family and everything that you expect to happen does happen, but you are so on board for the ride. It is so, I loved it. I did. I loved it. Awesome. Also, the lead guy looks like a Norwegian Norman Reedus. I'm I'm good with that. Nor, nor, Norwegian man. Norman? No, I can't do it. Anyway, I'm too tired and I've got a cold. Norwegian. Norwegian. So, Jerry, what did you see? Well, I got into laser, laser, laser. Team, 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 team. Is that the Rooster Teeth That movie? is the Rooster Teeth film, uh, which I did not know like anything about in terms of mm-hmm. its crowdfunding. I, I guess it crowdfunded and got like $3 million, yeah. or unless that's completely incorrect. Uh, it, it was interesting. I was kind of prepared for something fun and weird and something a little more upbeat than my first film. Because day of traveling, very very tired. Uh, it was okay. It okay. had it had some moments. It had some some good like punchy jokes. Overall, it's kind of fell flat with me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could tell the effects were done on an extreme budget. Obviously, there are some scenes though that they just seemed unfinished. Mm-hmm. And I even saw some glitching in the rendering where the the footage went so past white it went back to black. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, during the the end fight scene. So, and I was like, "Ooh, is this the final cut?" Because the the final scenes were some of the worst rendered I had seen. Wow. Uh, so I was, I was, I'll admit, fairly disappointed. Uh-huh. I wanted it to be better, and then it wasn't at me. <laughs> so it's it, it's it's uh... fun. I mean, see it. I I don't know if I would pay more than a few bucks to see it though. Okay. All right. So um, at this point, Jerry had shown up. We had hooked up. Jerry had been a bad influence and started me drinking. And then we played the arcade. And then there was a photo booth. Also, there is evidence of that. So now it's time for round three. Now, the the Christmas in February in September opening night party (laughs) is happening. And everybody's wearing Christmas hats. I go to Kristen Bell. and I'm like, where do I get a hat? Like, I'm thinking I need to buy one. She's like, oh, just grab one off a tree. They're laying around. Just, <laughs> just take a hat. And they've got a Santa with a beer and his little, like, grumpy elves that you can get your picture taken with. Just just to give you an image of this Santa, it looks like a 12-year-old kid in a Santa yes, suit. Like, this true. is not a big, fat Santa. <laughs> yeah. It just looks like a child in a Santa suit holding a beer. It was <laughs> hilarious. There was a... Somebody in a gingerbread man costume walking around with a knife. I do have a photo of him like knifing me from behind Mm -hmm. also. So this is the kind of shenanigans that are happening. And I'm like, oh, I want to go to the party. But I got into one of the sought after tickets of the fest, which is Yakuza Apocalypse, which is the Mike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this this is my first Mike. I'm pretty sure. I feel like, have I seen it? Uh, You would have remembered if you'd seen Mike. It might be my first as well. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So yeah. Jerry and I both saw a Yakuza Apocalypse, which is about a crime boss, in, obviously in Japan, who, you know, as it turns out, is a vampire. And a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But a really nice guy. He takes care of his town, like, super well. <laughs> and uh, so then, like, this weird priest guy with his buddy yeah. who, lo- who looks like he might be... <laughs> kind of an anime convention attendee. Yeah, yeah, like like he's got his little he got his backpack. 
And he's Urkelish. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it. But it turns out he can fight like a mofo. Mm-hmm. And then, so the boss, no big deal. The boss gets killed. And before he dies, his his lieutenant, he's like, you must take over. So he turns him into a vampire. And then, like, I don't, I don't want to ruin it, but I don't know that you can because the plot isn't why you watch this thing. No. Because it just gets weird. It just gets weirder and weirder. Did Tim League come into your theater in that outfit? He well, he was in a frog. Yeah. Did he come into your theater in that frog outfit? Oh, I think they just projected it from the other theater. Because oh. he was actually in my yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah. We had the outfit. we had the live stream from your theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you will notice that Tim League dresses up and dresses down. Yes. During this festival, you will see Tim League in many costumes and. Possibly nothing at all. Christmas, frog, birthday, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I would say the sort of the linchpin moment is when somebody in a plushy, full body frog suit, kind of a mascot, shows suit. up. Yeah, like in a mascot suit, shows up and is the best martial artist you've ever seen mm-hmm. while in the plushy frog mascot suit. I was just like, I what? And the most adorable thing is. The guy in the suit can't see, so as he's going up and downstairs, you know, he can kick your ass, man. He's going <laughs> to yeah. kill you with his hands. I need help getting up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> those those were some of the best, best comedic moments. It was awesome. Uh, so I I don't know that I loved, loved, loved it. And uh, reactions from Mike fans in yeah. the crowd were mixed. Like some yeah. people were like, oh my God, I put it right up there at the top. And I'd be like, yeah, it didn't do a whole lot well, for here's, me. Here's the thing. I do know that you have seen a Mike movie before because you've seen Audition. Oh, <gasps> oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. So, so. so Mike tends to run the gambit of from silly, which is kind of what you yeah, saw. Oh, it yeah. was very silly. Audition. Okay. okay. Yeah. I would not put this up near Audition. Granted. Yeah. I mean, I don't ever need to watch Audition again because that's a film that stays with you. Yeah. But it's amazing. It's amazing. I do recommend it once. Yeah. Um, this is more rewatchable and. Uh, yeah, so that was Yakuza Apocalypse. We gotta yep. move a little faster. Yep. Yeah, because I've got mine, which is Belladonna of Sadness, which mm. was amazing. Okay, dear listeners, if you've never heard of Belladonna of Sadness, it's one of the uh, repertory, well, not repertory, but uh, uh, vintage picks that they had this year. Um, 1970s Japanese film done by pretty much the same people who did like Kimba the White Lion and stuff like that. Uh, but this was basically the dying gasp of that animation studio. And they were going, and eh, we're going to lose all our money. Let's just do everything we want to do in this movie. And um, it's a, oh, Jesus, how do I explain it? Um, it's psychedelic, to put it lightly. I was sitting there with uh, our friend C. Robert Cargill, screenwriter, whose garage this is, uh, getting really, really drunk watching this movie. I was actually relatively sober. Cargill had his game on. And um, this thing is like Schoolhouse Rock and the rest of the 1970s animation trends just went... <gasps> and, and it was all done by Jap- Japanese perverts. And um, it's an adaptation of a French story about a woman who uh, basically, uh, like in medieval times, well, medieval times, the witchcraft times, you know, was like raped on her wedding night and... Uh, then kept getting like tempted by the devil, and then she accepted the devil and became a witch and became an influence in her town, and then eventually she was like burned at the stake. You know, as you do in France. But, like I said, animated by Japanese perverts. 
The animation is gorgeous. It's watercolor paintings, oh. really abstract. Um, a lot of them don't don't move. They're just just these long watercolor paintings, and the camera pans across mm -hmm. them. And as it pans across, it tells the story. Um, very limited animation, and just it's well, isn't there very wow. a, a very iconic scene about like the Black Plague? Yeah, yeah. The Black Plague comes in because she's a witch now, and yeah. <laughs> you know Satan Aww. and all that stuff. And um, I mean, I'd I'd seen I saw three movies yesterday, and all three of them had rape as a major theme. So I was kind of tired of rape at this point. Yeah, <laughs> but that's my one complaint about it. It's it, uh, and it, and it's not it's not like graphic rape. It's it's very stylized. It's telling yeah, her story. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be a graphic rape yeah. for you to just be like. Why I've is this a, a lot of rape? Like, oh, I want to do a dramatic story with a woman, therefore rape. Mm -hmm. It's like real. Oh God, why? Uh. Well, the thing is, all three of the the stories, like you saw SK one, SK one hadn't a didn't, serial killer rapist. It's about a serial killer rapist. That is the guy that they were telling the story about. Um, it never showed the rape. No, you, you just saw the aftermath and the dead bodies, and um, you know, so it was handled well. In, in those terms. Nothing, yeah, nothing that was but, uh, exploitive. But, you know, you know, the second movie is about these Union soldiers who are seeking to rape these women, and it's like, uh, it kind of wears on you. Yeah, All right, so... so but anyway, <coughs> it, it, Belladonna of Sadness, oh, man. Uh, at, at, give it a shot, man. It's... The the animation is astounding. I, I believe you can YouTube it as well. You can YouTube it, but the 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 copies that have been circulating are like done off a of VHS because nobody oh, had the print, and sure. so they're really crappy. You can get a sense of what it's about. Yeah, but what I saw was a 4K restoration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why everybody's excited because apparently it looks amazing. It is. Yeah, that that'll it, make it's a difference. Just, oh my god, eyes melting, sort of. All right, Amazing. listeners, yeah. we are about to head out on our first full day, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. programming mm -hmm. of Fantastic Fest. And I do have to say, with much love to both Jerry and Melissa, I fucking won today. In <laughs> yeah, terms you did. of Because you put in your picks and you see what you get, and I got awesome stuff. Yeah, so, you won. So, but you'll hear about it later. You'll yeah. hear about in it contrast, later. I lost because I forgot to put in my picks at all. <laughs> well, so. you'll, you'll get the you'll get the the pick of the random. I yeah. will, I'll get yeah. something though. Yeah, Jerry probably... still gets to see movies, but he has oh, yeah. to wait to see who didn't want to see it and grab their ticket. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a really, really unique mix. You can get into Dare Bunker in the second slot. I know that. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. All right. See you tomorrow, listeners. It's a new cinema pleasure.